0: Hello my friends and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host Paul White. It's the 19th day of April and today we're going to continue our studying the Gospel of Mark but we're also going to conclude the 7th chapter. Jesus has just left Tyre and Sidon and the famous story of healing the woman's daughter who is at home with an unclean spirit something I didn't bring out yesterday that I was so caught up in trying to explain what I think is going on in that story and the fact that Matthew really changes the narrative scope at a later date, which I think tells us that Matthew's trying to show us a little different way to view the story than Mark. One thing we left out is the fact that Jesus heals the woman's daughter who is possessed of an unclean spirit and he doesn't he doesn't speak to the demon. He doesn't touch the daughter. He never even meets her. He just says, go, the demon's gone out of your daughter. And so the power of Jesus to control the realm of the spirit is so unlike anything anyone's ever seen. Here's someone who didn't, didn't do a big song and dance, didn't jump up and down and yell and scream and didn't need to lay hands on her, didn't even need to see her, didn't even need to speak directly to her. Just commands the realm of the Spirit and things happen. And that's the Jesus we serve. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He commands the realm of the Spirit. And so this is why we are a spiritual people. Um, And it's also why we cannot, as followers of Christ, adhere to any idea that says this is all there is. Uh, there's a realm of the Spirit. If there's a realm of the Spirit, it means there's a realm of the unseen. If there's a realm of the unseen, then Jesus is at work in both the seen and the unseen. And that, to me, is an encouraging thing. That brings us to verse 31. I want to read through the story first, like we did yesterday, all the way to the end of the chapter. We'll try to keep the the jump-ins to a minimum. It will happen. It will happen right here in the first verse, for sure. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, He came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. The importance of this verse is to show you that he is in Gentile territory. Tyre and Sidon is Gentile territory. Decapolis, the region of Decapolis is Gentile territory. This idea that I think we thwarted the idea yesterday that he doesn't do anything except with Jews is foolish He obviously does. In fact, he's on a little tour in Gentile territory, moving and touching and healing Gentiles. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. Now, don't miss this. Deaf with a speech impediment would be what would be normal for someone who is deaf, because if you can't hear your own self speak, you don't develop language the same way. He took him aside from the multitude, put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. I've read at least one commentator who believes that the Greek here indicates Jesus put his fingers in his own ears and touched his own tongue, almost as a way of communicating with the deaf man about what he was going to do. I leave that for you to determine, or at least, I mean, we're not experts in Greek, of course, but to think about what that might mean. That might lead us to something here in verse 34, where looking up to heaven, he sighed, and he said to him, Ephatha, that is, be open. So Mark preserves for us the Aramaic, Jesus speaking in the regular tongue of the people, and the sigh. I don't know. Is the sigh Jesus? Is the sigh that Jesus had been touching these body parts, communicating, trying to communicate, and was not communicating with the man? Uh, was the sigh that he had touched the man's ears, reached out, and strangely touched the man's tongue, which is, I think, maybe why I leaned towards he was touching his own tongue as a way of communicating. And that it didn't, that nothing happened? Is that possible? Because we do know that we're coming up on a story in chapter 8 where Jesus has to touch a blind man twice. And if so, is this an indication that Gentiles were struggling to believe on Jesus or that they didn't have the basis of faith in the invisible God that Jews had. And so Jesus had to sort of work through those communication issues. These are all possible. We don't know for sure what the sigh is, but we know that it leads him to say two words, be opened, or really one word, ephatha, be opened. An Aramaic word, which Mark translates again. And here comes the miracle that's obvious and the miracle that's less obvious. The miracle that's obvious, immediately his ears were opened. The less obvious miracle, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Why do I say that's less obvious? Because we don't really think about the fact that this man should not be able to speak plainly. He's not been able to hear, so he has an impediment in his speech. And it's it's the kind of impediment that comes with being deaf and not being able to articulate sound properly. But the moment he can hear, not only can he speak, he speaks, and Mark says plainly, which means that this miracle is not merely the opening of the man's ears. This miracle is like accelerated speech therapy, which is mind-blowing. That Jesus not only heals the man of his deafness, but then skips all of the work that needs to be done to develop his speech and his speech pattern. And I don't know what that says other than God can do what he wants to do because he doesn't always accelerate time, but sometimes we do see Jesus, the one whose father stands in and out of time, speeding up time to accelerate the process and Jesus commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. Of course, and Jesus is having them tell no one because it is not the reason that Jesus is here to simply go about healing the sick. And the, the crowds are prone to try to turn that ministry into a, some sort of royal kingship. And Jesus is pushing against that. And they were astonished, final verse of Mark 7, verse 37. They were astonished beyond measure, of course they were, saying, he has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Is that the understatement of centuries? He has done all things well. But it's probably one we should bring back in the church. Give me a description of Jesus. He has done all things well. I say amen to that. We begin chapter eight tomorrow. See you then. God bless.